Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. I'm a Georgia Tech grad and a Louisville fan. He is Mike McDaniel. He is a Virginia Tech grad and Notre Dame fan. Mike, first question, are you more excited for week two than you were for week one, or are you still kind of hung up on the excitement that was week one in the ACC? Look at this two different ways. So you have all the excitement and the build-up to week one, but then you look at week two and you're thinking, as an ACC fan, it couldn't have gone much worse in week one so you have that to look forward to so a little bit of excitement I'm going to Virginia Tech this weekend for their game against Delaware down in Blacksburg so I'm pumped up about that so yeah I think overall pretty excited about week two but you know general hype and build up to week one is generally untouched for the rest of the season you're going for a a full reprisal of your uh, or not reprise, that's probably not the right word, but you're going for a re- reclamation of your world traveler status from last year, man. That I am. D.C. for the game this this week, and next week you're going to you know, Blacksburg. Look at you just traveling all over the place. So that's that's good. We'll, we'll get into that game here in a little while. Week two is probably decidedly less top-heavy, but a lot of like mid-tier games here in the ACC, I think it's fair to say. Um. We'll get into the maybe some of the lower-tier games at the end. We'll just hit those real quickly. But let's start with the, the game of the week in the ACC here. As Mike, the defending national champion, Clemson Tigers, a four-and-a-half-point home favorite against the Auburn Tigers from the SEC. This is a 7 o'clock game on ESPN. Clemson now hosting Auburn. They, they went to Jordan-Hare Stadium last year and beat them. Auburn probably looking a little more vaunted on both sides of the ball this year, particularly on offense than Clemson is uh, now has to go to death Valley. And it's going to be curious to see, you know, Kelly Bryant had a really good week, week one against a uh, not super dominant Kent state defense. That's fair to say. And now he's going to go from facing, you know, what might be a bottom 40 defense to facing like a top 10 defense in the country. So, uh, this is going to ramp up real quick in terms of difficulty. Uh, Clemson is favored in this game. Does that seem right to you, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> this is one of those games I really I'm having a hard time getting a gauge on. Um, all right, so you have Auburn, right? And Auburn's pretty good. I mean, they got Jared Stedham now, right? So they got a quarterback for the first time since Nick Marshall, which... You know, Nick Marshall wasn't the greatest passer in the world, but he was the last guy that was really capable of moving that Auburn offense up and down the field with some confidence. So you do have that going for you. It brings a whole different element to that team that we haven't seen in a few years. Clemson, meanwhile, we still don't really know a ton about. I mean, we know their defense is going to be really, really super, but we don't really know about Kelly Bryant yet. Um, Everybody looks good against Kent State. So we're really going to get a good gauge on where Clemson's at offensively after this week's game. 
Um, I, I guess I'd say, look, Clemson is at home, so I understand them being favored. But I, I think, in my opinion anyway, if Clemson slows down Auburn on offense, I love Clemson's chances to win this game because I do think Clemson will have a bit easier time moving the ball on Auburn's defense than Auburn's offense will have moving the ball on Clemson's defense. So I really think that's what it boils down to in this matchup. Um, you know, it, it's tough to make a pick on these types of games this early in the year because you really don't know what you have yet, especially with Auburn and Clemson, you know, coming into this game after fairly decisive victories last week, and they're coming into this one looking to, you know, really snag their first major win of the season. Uh, I guess I'll take Clemson at home to win this game, Joey. Um they're four and a half point favorites right now. That sounds about right, uh, just based on what I think Auburn is. I think Auburn's a really strong program. I think Clemson has to have this game for their national championship hopes. Um, it sounds crazy to already be making statements like that in a week two, but they are the defending national champions, so I feel like I, I can make that statement about them. Um, but they really need this game because if they lose to Florida State, and Florida State drops a couple, they still have an outside chance of getting themselves in that playoff mix. So I'm going to take Clemson here. Um, I'll take them to cover, but not by much. I think this is a five- or six-point game. I, th I think it does stay within a score, so don't feel great about it. I like Clemson. I'm going to take them solely because they're at home, but I think Auburn has a great chance to win this football game as well. I completely agree with that. I think this is going to be a defensive struggle, kind of a low-scoring game. Uh, I think both these defenses are going to really give a very hard time to the opposing offenses. I think I agree with the assessment that Clemson probably has a little bit of an easier time moving the ball on offense. Maybe being at home doesn't hurt that. Um, Auburn's still breaking in a new quarterback in Jarrett Stidham, but that's a very high-ceiling kind of case. But I just see this as a defensive football game, a low-scoring game. Um I think I'm going to take Auburn to cover here, to cover four and a half. I think Clemson wins in a very low-scoring game, though. So, And low-scoring is relative here, I guess. But let's take Clemson to win 24-21. But I, I I think this is a toss-up kind of game. Um, so so give, me the, give me the Tigers here to, to win in Death Valley, Mike. This is, this is where you ask me which Tigers. Which Tigers, Joey? I'll take the Clemson Tigers to win at home. But okay. I... I would not be surprised at all if Auburn won this game. And especially with, you know, if they can force Kelly Bryant to make a couple of mistakes, you know, get a short field to score on, uh, get a defensive score in there somewhere. I mean, Auburn could win this game by double digits. I mean, this a couple of mistakes here or there might get really magnified. So uh, I think Clemson wins, but give me Auburn to cover. Um, yeah, let's go Clemson. Yeah, I mean, Fair enough. That that's cool. We can move on to the next one. Yeah, let's go. Let's go to the next one uh, at noon on ESPN, right on the the back end of College Game Day. The number seventeen Louisville Cardinals coming off of a giant seven point win over Purdue in a case where they were twenty five point favorites. They're nine and a half point favorites this week against North Carolina in Chapel Hill. The Cardinals looking to. Uh, looking to redeem themselves after a, a lackluster performance last week against Purdue. I have questions as to whether North Carolina is really able to take advantage of the uh, the deficiencies that Louisville's going to have on offense in particular. 
I think this is where maybe Gene Chizik leaving uh, as defensive coordinator is going to start to show some some signs here of, of what it's going to cost the Tar Heels. So because of that, I think give me Louisville to cover nine and a half in a win on the road. Uh, give me them by two touchdowns, maybe 45-31. A lot of points. Um, yeah, uh, maybe it's not that many points, but uh, I'm – sharing the same sentiment with you because I don't trust North Carolina's defense at all and I trust Louisville's offense a little bit more even though they have all sorts of issues on the offensive line Uh, I don't think North Carolina's defense is good enough to exploit that weakness like you said we'll make this one short and sweet I love Lamar Jackson to go on the road to Chapel Hill pick up the win there Um, I I think he'll go nuts on that North Carolina secondary and I think that front seven is going to have a really hard time containing him Really interested to see if Louisville's running game outside of Lamar Jackson can be a little bit more successful this week than they were last week. Uh, that's what I'll really be watching for in this game because uh, we know Jackson can make plays, but I think to beat the really good teams in the Atlantic Division specifically, you're going to have to run the ball better with your running backs. So that's what I'll be looking for Louisville to do this weekend against North Carolina, and hopefully they can establish that a little bit better. So I'd like Louisville to win and cover in this game as well. We mentioned on the recap show that Cal dropped back to pass about 40 times in that game, and North Carolina's d- defense was able to get a sack or even a pressure on four of them. That's not the sign of a, of a unit that's prepared to take advantage of the deficient offensive line at Louisville. So I think the offense is going to have an easier time uh, operating than they did last week against Purdue, which kind of feels like a bizarre thing to say. But at the end of the day, yeah, I think the Cardinals are going to be able to get it moving. I think North Carolina might be able to expose – Louisville's uh, issues in the secondary in particular. They might not have a great day running the ball, but I think Chaz Surratt or Brandon Harris, God forbid, might even be able to uh, torch this Louisville secondary a little bit and put up some points of their own. So I'm going to go Louisville 45-31. The total in this game is 64.5, by the way. I, I, I would lean over on that. I could see a scenario where it goes under, but 45-31 would put that comfortably over. So let's go over on that total as well. That would be a story if Brandon Harris torches the Louisville secondary. <laughs> then we really got some problems there for the Cardinals. If he torches Louisville's secondary or pretty much literally anybody's, um, he played up against a pretty weak Cal secondary and was not good last week. So He can complete a pass. That's about all you can say about his throwing abilities at this point in time. I mean, yeah, that's about the best I got. So... Yeah, both of us have Louisville to cover on the road at North Carolina. Um, that feels a little weird, picking a road team to cover that well. But anyways, we'll, we'll have to see how that one turns out. Mike, let's talk about a road team that's going to have a tough time covering, even as a 22-point underdog in uh, Happy Valley as Pittsburgh is traveling to take on number 4 Penn State in what will be a revenge game for the Nittany Lions after Pitt was one of only like two teams to beat him last year, maybe three, I think. Um, Pitt now going coming off of a lackluster overtime win over Youngstown State. Penn State coming off of a thrashing of Akron, and they, they have been pretty much dominant over everyone except for Michigan since these teams last played. Pittsburgh, as I said, a 22.5-point underdog on the road here. I Mike, I'm going to say that they cover. Uh, I think being a rivalry game, I just – I have to think it's – within three touchdowns, but I don't really have a whole lot of like evidence or data points to back this up for Pitt. Uh, I just 
it's the pure rivalry game aspect of it that I think that they'll keep it to some degree of respect here. But Penn State very well might run away with this one straight up. Hunter Wells of Youngstown State last weekend threw for 311 yards against this Pittsburgh defense. Uh, here's a news slash for those of you listening at home. Trace McSorley, much better quarterback than Hunter Wells. Um, Penn State receivers, much better than Youngstown State receivers. Yeah, so careful. Um, Saquon, Saquon Barkley, Heisman candidate. Yeah, Heisman candidate running back who had 172 yards rushing and something like 40 or 50 yards receiving. Uh multiple touchdowns uh, you know Pittsburgh did a decent job last weekend against the run I don't think they're going to have the same success here against Saquon Barkley that's an admirable pick Joey that you're taking Pittsburgh to cover I will do no such thing give me Penn State by a lot um, maybe just shy of four touchdowns but I, th- I think that this gets ugly in a hurry especially the fact that it's at Beaver Stadium and they're going to be in Happy Valley uh, all the better for Penn State that game at 3.30 p.m. on ABC, by the way. Mike, 22.5 is so many points to lay, and yet I am a little tempted to switch my – like, is it too late to switch my pick on that game? No, no, I'll, I'll give you permission. Whatever. Hail to Pitt. I'm going to stick with the Panthers. Oh, and man. Just, I, I'm going to regret the hell out of this the whole time I'm watching this game. I, I Whatever. Let's just say pick covers and, and get the hell out of here and do, do something else. Um Next up, Mike, at 1 o'clock on the ACC Network, and by the way, this is the first of several games that appear to be keeping the ACC Network in business this weekend, as the Wake Forest Steeman Deacons on the road in Chestnut Hill for our first big ACC matchup of the week uh, of the weekend, and really of the season, as they take on the Boston College Eagles, who oh, are a one-and-a-half point favorite. Oh, good God. Yeah, so... Uh, this was a game last year that Wake Forest had at home late in the year. We needed them to win to get to like seven wins in the regular season and keep Boston College out of bowl eligibility, and the Eagles somehow managed to win that game. So this is a revenge spot on the road for Wake Forest, I guess. Uh, I, I mean, Wake Forest took care of business last week. Boston College, not as much against Northern Illinois, a bit of a tougher spot. Home opener for the Eagles here. Uh, only a one-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going to take Wake Forest to win this thing outright. I don't know why. I I don't think I'm excited about Boston College's offense being run by Anthony Brown. I don't think there's a lot of, of, of encouraging signs that we saw last week against a mediocre MAC defense in northern Illinois. So I think Wake Forest is going to figure something out between uh, Kendall Hinton and John Walford and the run game. I don't know. Just give me the Demon Deacons to cover and win this game outright and, and uh, get their revenge over the uh, the dominant Boston College Eagles. I don't know what to think of this. This is the same thing that <laughs> happened last year. Um, good news. Tickets are still going for 2 bucks. Oh, my God. So uh, your beer costs more. Your hot dog costs more. Um, your burger costs more. Your program definitely costs more. Um mm. They sell beer there? Yeah, let's... Uh, I don't know if they do or not, but, you know, happy hour prices are still more expensive than your game ticket. Oh, jeez. Uh, let's play a game called Things More Expensive Than a Ticket to This Game. Uh, three three decks of cards from the dollar store. Two packs of bubblegum. What brand of bubblegum? Are you uh, a bubblegum guy, Mike? Eh, not a huge bubblegum guy. When I was younger, though. Yeah. I'll do some dentine ice or maybe some orbit or I don't know. We're getting off the rails. Anyway, 
Uh, a lot of stuff, by the way, is more expensive than a ticket to this game. Uh, yeah. If you want to avoid talking about this game in favor of talking about Bubblegum, I'm fine with that. I mean, you really couldn't pay me to watch this. I'm going to watch it because I have to. Oh, actually, I won't be watching this because I'll be tailgating for the Tech Delaware game, but I'll be keeping tabs on it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, now to the game. Uh, yeah, I mean, nothing's real exciting about this at all. But Anthony Brown did look okay in his debut last weekend as a starting quarterback for the Eagles. Interesting to see how that plays out, if that was kind of like a one-hit wonder. Or uh, one-hit wonder, I mean, he threw for 191. But, you know, it's better than they've had there in a while. Um, I want to see how he does against a Wake Forest defense that is a little bit underrated. And, you know, they are at home, so give me the Eagles... Because of their defense, because they're at home, I think John Wolford struggles in this game. Here's my bold prediction. John Wolford struggles. They go to Kendall Hinton and see what happens. They already tend to do that anyway, but I would not be surprised if Kendall Hinton sees more snaps in this game, especially if Wolford struggles early. But give me BC at home. Uh, it's going to be ugly. What's the over-under on this, Joey? It's 47. Yeah, um, very tempted to take the under on 47, but I'll probably wait until it gets into the 50s, if it does get into the 50s, before I take the under. Um, I have a lot of trouble seeing how a ton of points will be scored in this one, but hey, I guess I'll take BC. They're the home team. You taking them to cover? One and a half? I'm going to take them to cover one and a half. They'll win by, they'll win by $2 tickets. <laughs> I don't know if anybody wins with those $2 tickets. Um, <laughs> yeah, the school definitely doesn't win with $2 tickets, I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, let's move on, Mike. Noon on ESPNU as the Duke Blue Devils, a three-point home favorite against Northwestern. And if you uh, if you take home field advantage into account in this line, this basically tells you that Vegas thinks that Northwestern is about six points better than Duke. Um, I... I don't know what to think of this game either. Uh, Northwestern had a pretty ho-hum, un- uninspiring win last week over Nevada, 31-20. to uh, Duke, meanwhile, torched, what was it, Central Carolina or Central Carolina State or whoever it was. Um, so the Blue Devils, you know, we don't know a whole lot about them either after a, uh, a, a meaningless week one performance effectively. Uh, a noon game on ESPNU. Let's just go with Duke, I guess, to cover and win outright. Um, I, I think with Daniel Jones, they might be surprising some people this year. I guess we'll take them to beat Northwestern. I wouldn't be surprised if Northwestern does win this game again because we don't know what they are. They might be a lot better than we think. So, sure, let's take the Blue Devils to cover three and win outright. And maybe that's a little bit of an ACC homer pick. But, um, yeah, I'll go with Duke. I am absolutely in the same boat as you because I don't know what to think of Northwestern at all. Duke's got Daniel Jones, the one known commodity in this football game. Um, I'm taking the Blue Devils as well. I'd love to disagree with you, but I know nothing about either of these two teams, and I know that Daniel Jones is good, and I know he's a quarterback, so he's touching the football on every single offensive snap. Give me the Blue Devils to win. Um, Therefore, they'll cover the plus three, but you know, this is going to be a close game, an ugly game. I would not be surprised if Northwestern pulled it out, but give me Duke at home. Uh, yeah. Man, this is like a, a bit of a tough slate of uh, 
power five matchups here in the ACC. Well, the problem is we don't really know anything about a lot of these teams yet um, because so many yeah. of these teams didn't play anybody in week one. So we're in this spot where we're picking we're picking games after a team just beat the snot out of an FCS school. So it's really tough to really get a gauge on these teams, especially in the middle of the conference last year where they were like kind of floundering throughout the year. It's like, oh, well, BC or Wake or you know, Duke, will any of them make a bowl game? And they're out there beating FCS teams by 50 points in week one. I mean, it's uh, it's real tough to make picks like this this early in the year. But Daniel Jones is the one known commodity in this football game. And that's what I'm going to roll with. Well, as we talked with Ben Swain in the in the preview for the for this Duke team, one of the things he pointed out was that Duke is going to be relying on a lot of guys who were injured last year or were redshirting freshmen last year. Um and so they, those guys are still not known commodities. We haven't seen them in a tougher opponent than against a tougher opponent than like an NC Central. So um, we'll have to see how this turns out. But I think there's reason to be optimistic about Duke in this game. Uh, same probably goes for Northwestern. I mean, they've got plenty of folks coming back. I think so. I don't know. We'll have to see. Noon on ESPNU. Last Power Five matchup, Mike. And it's going to be your favorite as the Virginia Cavaliers, a three-point home dog to the Indiana Hoosiers, who just gave Ohio State some trouble in their opener last week for about a half to maybe two and a half quarters. Um, i got to be honest with you, if Virginia had trouble running the ball on William & Mary last week, Mike, I don't know how on earth they're going to move it against Indiana, which gave Ohio State some problems moving the ball last week. Yeah, they did, and um, you know, I think Ohio State's larger successes in that football game were running the football on Indiana. Um, the problem with that, though, is Virginia's running backs don't come close to Indiana's running backs, or um, to Ohio State's running backs, sorry. And that's why I have a really hard time picking Virginia in this game. It's like, okay, the one advantage could be potentially on the ground, but like Virginia struggled to run the ball against William & Mary. It's just like... Uh, you know, I'll take Indiana, you know, playing a top five team in the country, top three team even in the country, really, really tough, and having just better athletes beat them at the running back position. I can live with that. Um, can't li- live with Virginia, you know, having trouble running the football against an FCS opponent. Uh, now, Virginia wins that game, but, you know, it's tough. I mean, the one advantage for the Cavaliers is they are at home, but like 12 people go to games at Scott Stadium, so it's hard to really get optimistic about playing at home. Um, Indiana is a team that hung did hang tough with Ohio State. Indiana wins and covers. I'm pretty confident in this game, um, just based on what I saw out of Indiana and specifically what I didn't see out of Virginia running the football last week. Um, I like the Hoosiers here on the road to get the win and to cover. I agree. I think this is a bad matchup for Virginia, as I kind of alluded to earlier. And as you mentioned, Indiana was able to do quite a bit against a much, much better team last week. I I don't see a reason that they can't keep that up this week outside of lacking a bit of a home crowd to cheer them on. But yeah, I think this one can get ugly for for Virginia. I think the Hoosiers are going to have a pretty easy time and maybe run away with this one. I I think that they win maybe by 10 to 14 points at least, uh, if not more. So good luck, Virginia. Uh, moving on, Mike, we got some uh, G5 games, some G5 opponents here for ACC teams this week. At 3.30 p.m. on ESPNU, the number 16 Miami Hurricanes, a 14.5-point favorite on the road at Arkansas State. Mike, we, last year Miami had a road trip in week three, I think it was, to App State. 
and they they were kind of looked at as this like sneaky like oh App State might might beat them you know it's kind of a weird place to play Boone North Carolina and then Miami just stomped them all all over the yard and it was just not even a, an issue. Um, I, I kind of get the same sort of feeling about this, although I do feel like Arkansas State is also a bit of an ornery opponent, similar to how App State would be. I don't know that I have enough faith yet. The way that Miami just sort of screwed around with Bethune-Cookman last week and never really put him away, and at least in some big, dominant fashion, I don't know that I can take them to cover 14.5 here on the road. I think I'm going to take Arkansas State to cover but I do think Miami wins by double digits and by 10 to 14 points. I like that pick, but I like Miami more. Um, give me the Hurricanes to win and cover. Uh, did like what I saw out of their defense last week. It was Bethune-Cookman, but I thought the defense played really well and how they needed to play against Bethune-Cookman. Um, the offense was a little shaky early, got together specifically like the middle part of the second quarter on. Um, we'll learn a lot about Malik Rozier in this game because Arkansas State, decent defense. Um, tough team potentially to even play on the road. Um, good news for Miami is they're getting out of those potentially really, really bad hurricane conditions. So they get to leave town and get to somewhere safe. So that's a positive for them. Um but on the football field, yeah, give me the Hurricanes to win here to cover 14 and a half. Uh, you know, if they really want to be back and be VU again, right? Like the top five Miami, the top 10 Miami, they got to beat Arkansas State on the road by more than two touchdowns. So give me Miami. I'm not necessarily buying that they're back, but if they want to be back, they got to win this game handily. It could happen. I mean, I, I just. I haven't seen it from Miami yet that tells me that this offense is definitely able to generate points where they're going to run away from Arkansas State yet. That's all it is. That's fair. Um, they're fully capable of winning this game by 24, 30 points, you know, whatever, talent-wise. Uh, it's just that I need to see it first, especially from a, a, a team being led by Malik Rozier. So time will tell. That's fair. Uh, at the same time, Mike, on the ACC Network, this is game number three on the ACC Network so far, and there's like six more. Uh, Syracuse, a nine and a half point home favorite against Middle Tennessee State, and I actually like the the, the orange to cover here. I think this is a game where I think they're going to be able to uh, keep Middle Tennessee State in check to a certain degree, and I think Eric Dungey, my boy, is going to have another big week after he had a good a good week opening last week. Uh, so give me the orange to cover nine and a half here. The total is also seventy three. I might actually lean under. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how much Middle Tennessee is going to be able to score. And so that's going to be the determinant for me. I, I think Syracuse obviously is going to put some points up, but um, can their defense hold down the, the Blue Raiders? I don't know. I, I would maybe lean under at 73 here. Um, I like Syracuse to cover as well because they're playing at home. Uh, the Orange with Eric Dungy, they got the much better offense. Uh, Middle Tennessee State is a team that won't go away easily. Uh, so do tread lightly, Syracuse. But, you know, they're at home. They have the much better offense. They should be able to pull away in the second half. I, I do think Mill Tennessee State will be able to keep this game close. Um, but, yeah, it, this is a, this is another one of those weird non-conference games that, you know, could just as easily go the other way. And Mill Tennessee State could have a great chance to win at the end. Um they give me the orange to win and to cover nine and a half at home. The Carrier Dome is a tough place to play, so 
that'll be a tough environment for Middle Tennessee State. I, I think the environment, the fact that Eric Donji has gotten off to a real hot start this year, I think that'll continue. So give me the orange to win and cover. This is a really weird slate this week, Mike. It is. There's a lot of like 50-50 games in here that could be blowouts or could be like inside a touchdown, and I'm not sure what to think about really any of them. Yeah, and we're not done yet. Six o'clock on the ACC Network, the NC State Wolfpack, a 24-and-a-half-point home favorite against Marshall. Uh, NC State coming off a very disappointing season-opening loss to South Carolina where they seem to have outplayed the Gamecocks in a lot of different ways and still lose by a touchdown. Meanwhile, the Marshall Thundering Herd coming off of a season-opening win, 31-26 over Miami of Ohio. Uh, I, I don't know what to do with that. The MAC just doesn't really mean a whole lot to me in general. Uh, Miami of Ohio did go for over 400 yards of offense in that game on the Marshall defense, and that tells me that NC State might go for about 600 here. That being said, 24.5 is a lot. Um Marshall was pretty bad last year, if I remember correctly. I think NC State can rebound and tighten some things up. Give me the Wolfpack to cover 24.5. I'm not really in the habit this week of laying a whole bunch of points, clearly, but uh, I'm going to do it here. I think this makes sense for the Wolfpack. Give me NC State to win this one, let's call it like 45-10, to maybe. I think this is a kind of a blowout game where NC State just kind of reestablishes dominance. I would love to pick Marshall to cover the spread, but NC State can throw the ball all over the field. Marshall's defense is so bad. They're so bad, and Ryan Finley is the opposite of bad for NC State. I mean, he's a good, a really good player. Um, you know, went for over 400 last week against a much, much better defense than the one he's going to face this week. Um, Marshall's offense is legitimately a crapshoot. Like, you don't really know what you're going to get. But I do know that Ryan Finley is going to throw the ball a ton. They're going to get the ball in Jalen Samuels' hands. I think he'll get in the end zone this week, which will get him off to a good start. He played pretty well against South Carolina, but uh, it would be good to get him going in this game as well. So give me NC State to win and to cover here, but another one of those weird games against a non-conference opponent. I mean, you never really see NC State playing Marshall. You see... Virginia Tech playing Marshall and things of that nature, but uh, it's really weird to see NC State Marshall at like 6 o'clock on a Saturday. It's just such... There's so many things that are weird about this schedule, but let's just take NC State to cover and run away. Yeah, I have no idea like how that all came about. You're right, 6 o'clock in Raleigh on a Saturday. I mean, that's a, that's a weird setup. So weird things can happen, but... Ultimately, yeah, I think NC State is a, a far superior team here to Marshall. So both of us have the Wolfpack to cover. Last G5 game, Mike, as the number 10 Florida State Seminoles return to the friendly confines of Dope Campbell Stadium, a 33-and-a-half home favorite against Louisiana Monroe at 7 o'clock on the ACC Network. Probably should start by mentioning there's a chance that this game doesn't happen uh, with Hurricane Irma. Or, or Is that Irma? Yeah? You got it. Irva? Yeah, all right. Nailed it. They come up with strange names for these storms, man. I don't know where this, what that's all about. Anyways, Hurricane Irma heading on a, a collision course with Florida. A Category 4 hurricane could just get this game canceled altogether, I think. Uh, let's assume it's played for now. Florida State a 33.5-point favorite, which is enormous, um, especially for a team that just scored 7 last week, but that was against Alabama. 
I don't know. I, I don't. I mean, I mean, Louisiana Monroe just gave up 37 points in a loss to Memphis. So if if Memphis is beating them by eight and scoring 37, I think Florida State's going to have an easy time scoring 42, even if they don't throw a pass in this game. Um, I think Cam Akers might have a really big day here. Might run roughshod on the Warhawks defense. So. Again, I'm not in the business of laying a whole bunch of points this week, but I don't know that I can see Louisiana Monroe covering here, uh, even if Florida State doesn't have a quarterback situated. So let's take the Seminoles to cover 33 and a half. Good Lord. Uh, Yeah, let's call it, I don't know, 52 to 6. Louisiana Monroe, not only did they give up 37 points, they gave up 319 yards rushing last weekend to Memphis. Ooh. Ooh, no. That's literally don't have to throw a pass. Whoa, Nelly. Yeah. As Keith Jackson would say, uh, whoa, Nelly. He'd say it a lot different than that, but you know, I digress. Okay. <laughs> uh, Cam Akers and Jacques Patrick show and yeah, uh, break in James Blackman and see what happens. Florida state by a hundred. Uh, they're going to run all over Louisiana Monroe if this game does end up happening. And, you know, if the weather's really bad this weekend there, I, I don't know if it'll be all the way up to Tallahassee yet on Saturday, but if it is and you're getting a lot of rain there, they're going to want to keep the ball on the ground anyway, which plays well into the hands of Florida State. So give me a Seminoles there to win and cover. Yeah, I picked, this, I picked the Warhawks to score six points in that game, and I'm not entirely sure where they come from. Let's call it a fumble that they recover and they get into field goal range twice. Somehow, maybe black, maybe Blackman throws a pick. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Probably not. Though. Um, yeah, but Florida State covers somehow a thirty-three and a half point spread here. Mike, we have the two games that probably you and I are most invested in here at the end. Both playing FCS opponents. We're going to start with Georgia Tech and Jacksonville State at twelve thirty p.m. on the ACC Network. I'm not going to lie to you, even after Monday night's game against Tennessee where they showed some really good things on offense, I am I am probably more nervous about this game than I should be. Uh, Georgia Tech coming into this game on very short rest, playing Monday night and now playing Saturday afternoon. Um, I, I worry that they're going to be tired from what was a long physical game against Tennessee. I worry that they're playing a very, very good FCS team in Jacksonville State that has given some very good teams a lot of problems in recent years. All said, I think that Georgia Tech still is going to win this game. I think their offense is going to roll Jacksonville State to a certain degree. I read something today that they, and this is Tuesday that we're recording this, by the way. Uh, Georgia Tech not hanging their heads after that game, but more angry and want to roll people. So we'll we'll see if that comes to fruition. But yeah, I think Georgia Tech wins here uh, pretty comfortably. I, I would hope that there's not any issues caused. But if this game goes into the fourth quarter where Jacksonville State is still hanging around, uh, we've got a problem on on the flats here. So, yeah, here's to hoping Georgia Tech wins comfortably. Uh, Jacksonville State never sees the option. And, yeah, you're right. Georgia Tech's going to be tired. They're going to be tired for running all over Jacksonville State in the first half of this game. Give me the Yellow Jackets huge in this one by easily four or five touchdowns. They're going to coast. I'm still nervous, Mike. 3.30 on the ACC Network, last game of the week, Mike. Uh, number 18, Virginia Tech. Your Hokies at home against Delaware. You will be at this one. I do not foresee any issues for the Hokies here. I think they're going to coast. You're going to have a good game from Josh Jackson, and uh, it's, it's going to be a little more of the same for Virginia Tech here. Uh, yeah, got a really cheap ticket to this game, and my parents are sitting six rows from the field for $30 apiece. 
and that gives you an idea Dang. of what the Virginia Tech fans and a sold-out Lane Stadium think about Delaware. Um, yeah, uh, Delaware, not great. Virginia Tech, uh, we're still trying to figure it out, but they're coming off of a huge win against West Virginia. Let's hope they avoid the letdown here. But they're at home in front of their fans for the first, the, really the first time. Um, you know, last weekend was technically a home game at FedEx Field, but uh, first time back in Lane Stadium this year for what really is the home opener for the Hokies. Uh, they should win this one comfortably. It, you know, this is going to be one of those games where we might see some backups in the second half and see what you got depth-wise. Yeah, I think the Hokies coast here. No, no issues against a, a pretty mediocre FCS program in Delaware. Mike, it's that time. ACC Picks of the Week. I believe you went first last week. You were correct taking the Hokies to cover four. Uh, Didn't I look was good incorrect. for a while, Joey. Didn't look good for a while. It was kind of back and forth and a little iffy. It was very back and forth, and I, I was nervous for you, especially as, as West Virginia looked to try to score at the end of the game to tie it and send it to overtime. But nevertheless, the Hokies prevailed by seven and therefore cover their four-point uh, favored spread. Uh, made me a little bit of money, by the way. Uh, and then I lost some money on Florida State plus seven as they, of course, lost by 17 to Alabama in a game that probably should have been about a seven-point game anyways. So I'm, I'm a little bitter. That's fine. Uh, you went first last week. I'm going to go first this week. I'm going to take Indiana to cover three against Virginia. I, I do not see the Cavaliers having an easy time whatsoever with this game on either side of the ball, really. Uh, I think offensively especially, they're going to have a hard time against the Hoosiers. I think uh, Indiana's defense is going to be able to give them a lot of problems, especially running the ball. Kurt Benkert might have a rough day. Uh, I think the Hoosiers, even on the road, will be able to make this happen and cover three. So give me Indiana as my pick of the week. My pick of the week is NC State minus 24 and a half against Marshall. Marshall's defense is really, really bad. NC State. Yeah, NC State. 400 yards passing last week out of Ryan Finley in the loss against a better defense in South Carolina. I trust NC State's defense to bounce back here. Um, They had a little bit of a rough go of it last weekend against South Carolina, but I think they will bounce back against a Marshall offense that just really isn't very good. So give me NC State to win and cover. It's a huge line, 24 and a half, but I do like their chances to win and cover there. Man, that's a big spread. (laughs) I, I'm looking at this, Mike, and I think you have picked favorites in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine out of ten games to cover spreads. Uh, if that's the case, it's going to be a rough weekend for Vegas. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure to lose some of these. Uh, if I had to guess <laughs> which ones those would be, um, might be Miami against Arkansas State. Um Wake Forest and BC is legitimately a pick in my mind. Um, That's a toss-up. Yeah. Um, have a hard time seeing Pittsburgh cover against Penn State, but I guess it could happen. And, I'm rolling with the Panthers. Yes, and Auburn beating Clemson would be the other one. So there you go. That's That would be about half of them roughly covering, which is more of what Vegas is into, by the way. Yeah, I think that's fair. There, there's a lot of these that could kind of go either way, and I think we, we saw some of that last weekend. Um, this is also a lot of disagreement from you and I. There's a lot more than uh, than usual here. So usually we're pretty in line with these picks, but uh, we disagree on one, two, three, uh, four different games on the spread. So um, we will see who is the uh, the winner of the Battle of Wits here. Time will have to tell. 
Mike, anything else before we get out of here and go check out some sweet week two action? I think we're all set. I'm going to jump the gun a little bit here. Radar podcast, everybody, iTunes, yes. Facebook, wherever you want to rate it, go ahead. It's really easy. It'll take you two minutes. It would really, really help us out. Come on, tell us our content is good. Tell us our content sucks. Tell us our sound is good. Tell us our sound sucks. Joey and I will do what we can to make it happen, make this podcast better. We're trying to make improvements. So there you go. Minor disclaimer, jumping the gun a little bit, but it'll really help us out, guys and girls. Yes, it will. Yeah, you can find apps on your phone that will – you just hit subscribe and the Basketball Conference podcast automatically downloads with you. Like that's great if you're trying to drive to work or ride the train to work or – even if you don't work, you know, you can listen to us too. That's, that's great. We, we love the unemployed here on the basketball conference podcast. So um, in any case, yeah. So Mike, we're, we're going to get out of here. We're going to go check out week two and we'll be back this weekend. We're going to get on a more regular schedule here. Uh, I think we're going to try to release the recap episodes on Sunday, maybe Monday mornings, and then do preview episodes uh, Tuesday nights to release probably on Wednesday mornings. But um, so with the, with the first week and the wonky schedule out of the way, we're going to be on a more regular schedule coming up. But until you guys hear from us next time, in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel ACC, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. As Mike mentioned, you can also send us an email. You can you know rate and review and do all those dope things on iTunes and other platforms. But you could also send us an email with ratings and questions and concerns and thoughts and whatever else you have to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it, sir. Yeah. Uh, you could, as he mentioned, you can find us on iTunes, on Google Play, on SoundCloud, on various other subscription services. Where yes, you can subscribe and rate and review, and please do so. That is extremely helpful for us. Also, if you find one friend that you think might enjoy our podcast, you know that crazy sports fan that has an ACC interest, even not if it's your own team, uh, please, please share us and uh, let them know about us. We are trying to uh, expand our outreach as much as we can. And in, in part of doing so, Mike, where can they find us on the social medias? facebook.com slash basketball conference rate and review our podcast and also listen to all our podcasts there we do throw those up on the facebook page um, as much as we can to get our posts out there so listen to our podcasts wherever you can find them absolutely all right mike are you looking forward to week week two i am god i'm gonna be wrong about so many of these games but whatever (sighs) we'll just let it happen what you think early season college football is not really all that predictable uh that's right it's hey i went seven and three against the spread in week one i'll definitely go like three and seven against the spread in week two to make up for a good week one and that's how this thing's going to work that is legitimately exactly how these things go so sounds like fun but we're going to come back and do this again soon uh in the meantime for mr mike mcdaniel i am joey weaver thank you guys for listening enjoy the games this weekend we'll talk to you later and until then go acc I'm not the best.